Here's how many episodes have you been on that you don't understand how the recording track works? Uh, I don't even know what I don't even know what episode this is for you. You wanna you wanna find out? Sixty nine. That's uh, too high of a number. <laughs> talk about being high. Yeah, talking about being high. Do you wanna try the strawberry fields? Taste like strawberry seeds. Don't take a deep breath. Take a light one. Hold it in your mouth. Taste it on your tongue. Then swallow. Then inhale. <laughs> it tastes like strawberries. Tastes like strawberry seeds, doesn't it? It's interesting. It's weird. And I have been offered, I have been offered weed. So Cody, much copious amounts of weed. By like this one guy that I've become friends with, and I'm always like, Nah, no, thank you. No, no, no come thank on. You. Why, why aren't you smoking weed up? Because you are the only person that I smoke with. Nah, you can. It's a it's a way to bond with nah, someone. But you know what? You you were the one that was like, you're my best friend, and and I want to smoke with you before you know before I die. Like one thing I really want to do with you is smoke. Will you smoke with me? And I was like, Will you smoke okay. with me? Will you smoke with me? You know, Catherine, you're the only one I trust to smoke with. But that's not because you know what of anything legal. No, no, no. no. Can I, can I say something? It's because he's a captain. Can I say something? Yes, well, sir. So someone tried explaining to me, I would say like a year or so ago, that he doesn't trust me or himself smoking around me. And this person is on the show. His name is Scutch McGee. He's my older friend, who the one with kids, who's been on three or four episodes. And I'm not offended when he says that. I just think he says, I think he's implying that he maybe doesn't like where he goes when he's high. And I kind of get that. Uh-huh. And I think, like, you guys saying that you are comfortable smoking around me means that I produce a... Um, a, comf- a comfortable yeah. atmosphere in which you can do that without feeling judged, or maybe maybe Scotch is afraid of being judged. I don't know. Let's talk about it, Scotch. You and me. Let's fucking talk. But yeah, so I, I don't know. There's gonna come a time where he's gonna be like, I've offered you like twenty times. So let me say this as the person who mainly gets you highest: smoke with other people because it's fun and it's bonding and. If you do something silly, you know, it's a story. If it's uh, if it's nightmarish and you regret it every day for the rest of your life, it's a story. Okay, so this is... Some wow. kind of pasta, right? I feel like we've hit... We're over 100 now, so we're more than like lots this of pasta. This is your 16th is like, episode. This is a cornucopia of pasta. At this point, yeah. This is your sweet 16. This is a... Oh my so god, 16 candles? This Where's is your my sweet naked 16. man? Yeah, that could be the title. Your 16, sweet 16. 16 candles you, in his um, ass are blow. You... I, this is lots of pasta, episode 112. Uh, I am here with Franz McBoohoo, who has... Traveled from a land far, far away. The misty mountains. Over the misty... (laughs) Shrek 2. Wow. Um, And also here, falling asleep on my couch, is Tenron Otrin. Hey, what's up, everyone? Tetrin (laughs) O'Ray. That picked up, so you're good. (laughs) Um, O'Ray. O'Ray me fossil? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I don't imagine he's going to have much commentary to share, but he's here and he's crashing on the couch and Frowns and I are going to do a late recording episode, um, which I know aren't Frowns' favorite, but he knows I appreciate him doing with me anyway. So um, we're going to make it quick. Uh, 
Frowns is here, back from where he moved to. The land of trees and maple syrup. So, like, my thing is, if you have the opportunity and it's, like, really legal up there, why don't you do it? Well, you can't buy it. Sure. But you can grow your own. Great. And, you know, I live with two cats, so clearly I can't grow my own. I can't even have a fucking plant in the house. I can't have fake plants in the house because they attack it. So so you need a friend who grows. Yeah, which I mean that isn't an issue. It's just Okay, I, then I what's stopping it? No, I just it was something just, that we always did together. You we just really don't it. care about it otherwise? Yeah. Eh, that's fine. It's a uh, Do it for you, Popeye. It's a one in Rome kind of thing, you know. I think um I like who I am when I'm high. I think I enjoy things more. I think things are more enjoyable. So I tend to, uh, I tend to get high in order to avoid the problems in my life and, uh, and to keep the bad thoughts at bay. Nice. <laughs> keep the darkness away. Uh, bring in a little bit of light. Smoke a little bit of weed. <laughs> It'll it'll chase the nihilism right out the door and a pizza into it. Ooh, and some kazoozles, too. And some kazoozles. Always gotta get the kazoozles. Yeah, we, um, for me, it's anime. Yeah. That chases the nihilism. What, what do you... You were said you were watching Sword Art Online right now. Yeah, and I... I like season two first, is absolute garbage. Yeah, I like that first season. Apparently three and four are good, and the fourth one is about shooting and guns. Yeah. I I have I gave up after two. I, I thought know. fairy bullshit. I'm I'm out. First one was good. First one was fun. It was like online D and D. Yeah. It was like RuneScape. It yeah. was like anime RuneScape. Yeah. No, let me tell you. We're gonna talk <laughs> about. We're gonna talk about. Anime. We're talking about anime. You want to talk? What do you want to talk about? My Hero Academia. And how, how fucking good is this? So good it is. It oh, is amazing. It is X Men. Had a baby with Marvel Universe. I was gonna say Naruto. Yeah. X Men and Naruto had a baby, and it is My Hero Academia. I have to watch it. Oh. It is phenomenal. It's so fucking good. It is phenomenal. It is um. It is Japanese superhero stereotypes, almost like One Punch Man with less satire, and uh, they all go to school in order to grow up and be big old superheroes at the end of it. And uh, the main character kind of gets wrapped up in a big old mess of shit because he's a heroic person, but he doesn't quite have the skill. He has the brain and the understanding, but he's not quite skilled. And uh, everyone else is just better than him. And it and it's a it's a great fucking experience. It's a real underdog story. It is really, it's, and it is just. And you know what I can say. The voice acting from both the Americans and the Japanese, are, it's both fantastic. Like, I could watch either or. I think, or. Th- I, I want to start by saying the Japanese dub is better. Subtitle I've seen both. Subtitle. With the subtitles, if you're reading with English subs, you're good. If you're listening to the American one, you're not at a disadvantage because the All Might is... Far, far superior than the so than the Japanese one. You will you will get great performances no matter which dub you listen to. Yeah. I, I'll say that, but I do think when you have to compare apples to oranges, I think the Japanese dub is better overall. It's always better to watch it in the way. original intended yeah. language. I find most foreign anything. Um, it's just with with animated features from from overseas and in any direction. I always say like let the dub speak for itself. I'll almost always watch something in both languages that mm. they've been released in, uh, original and American dub, because it's like Studio Ghibli. It's like they hire an A plus cast when those movies come out in America because Disney is fronting the buck. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, Spirited Away, House Moving Castle, like Princess Mononoke, like fantastic fucking actors in yeah, each of no. those movies. So yeah, with with anime and shit, there's always a a good breadth of 
But this is interpretation. Gonna, this is gonna be a good month, though. We got a lot, lot coming out. A lot of new video games coming out this month. What are you? What are you most excited? We for? had um, uh, well, the guy who uh, I think his name is Toby Fox, who did Undertale, put out his new game, um, which was kind of like, uh, I think it was released on Halloween. That one was really cool. Um, the title of it, I can't. <laughs> Delta Rune. So I'm going to be giving that a shot. Um, that sounds really fantastic. Got Smash. Was that is that late November or is that December? I think it's December. Red Dead Redemption's out now as well. Yeah, that just the came second out. Second one, yeah. Got horse schlongs for the first time. And there's so many yeah, glitches this. where the horses just catch on fire. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That's fun. Flaming dicks. Wasted. Yeah, I, I, I'm behind on almost everything. Yeah. That's just the way things are. Also, if you've if you've been listening up to this point, I just want to say, since I've been here since episode one, just yeah. want to say thank you. We appreciate it because I I wouldn't I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you. And I just want to say thank you. And I think Christopher Walken wants to say thank you too. Christopher Walken, can can you just give our our fans a, a thank you? Uh. I just just wanted to say (laughs) thank you thank you thank thank what the hell are you doing thank you thank you thanking for me yeah so many thanking you no thanking me thank Thanking. Thank you. Thanking, spanking. Christopher uh, Walken from Country Bears. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> this isn't over. Bears! Bears. Uh, Not the kind in there. Oh, like that's gonna help. Was that a little Al Pacino in there too? Thank you. Oh, I'm <laughs> just getting warmed up. Thank you. Ronde. Ronde. My social security Section. Hey! Al Pacino is more like this. Social security God. Oh my god. We need to reel this shit in. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're all tired. We're, we're all tired and stoned and we tired. And I think uh, the Golden Corral really. It really took a it took a beating on me. GC man. At least it wasn't old country buffet. <laughs> oh for no! The win. Oh no! No, but I'm gonna make when I I've got a long time to go. But when I hit my thirty stride before like we go away to some <sighs> island, which that's what I want to do for my thirtieth. By the way, destination we're going to OCB the night before our flight. So that we can all wake up feeling awful and get on the flight. If we're going to an all-inclusive, why would you make us go and eat Old Country Buffet? Because we need to know what the shittiest of shit is. No! No, we don't! So that when we get to the island, we're like, my precious food. So the first story we're going to read on today's episode... Something horrible is happening to me on Pokemon Go right now. He said the title. No, I'm not gonna read it like that. I don't have the energy. He um he said <laughs> the title just now and uh, my precious. He food. asked. He asked what I I asked him what he wants to read and he said hey some about video games because we didn't just do that on his last episode for like two hours. So here we are, and we're going to read a story about Pokemon Go. Ten, Tenron Otrin is, he's cuddling up, and he's masturbating. You know, Tenron, I have a really funny story are about you. Are you masturbating? Tenron, I have, a, I have a story. I think he came. He came with <laughs> sadness and distraught. Tenron. Frowns. Get it. Tenron. I have a story about you from high school that I never told. (laughs) Okay, let's hear it. Do we wanna do we wanna break it out on this on the show? 
<laughs> when you stayed over at my house when we were like 21, <clears throat> I woke up the one morning. To him masturbating? No, but he was like humping one of my pillows in his sleep. Like in his crotch. And he was kind of like grinding on it, but you were completely asleep. And I, and I was just like, you let him finish, I'm right? going to close and leave. You let him finish, right? Dude, we're just animals. Yeah, I know, man. Absolutely. Like we're fucking, we're fucking savages. I'm sure he got off more knowing that you were watching. <laughs> Sleep 10 run. It's just a fucking mutt, dude. You, you, yeah. <laughs> that little pillow was my little whore. I, yeah. Okay, Where can we read it? the story now? <laughs> yeah. Uh, cat, do you have a pillow I could borrow? <laughs> no, not anymore. Oh. Not anymore. <laughs> Something horrible is happening to me on Pokemon <laughs> Go right now. Oh <laughs> this is from Unsettling Stories. <laughs> I'll I'm gonna use you in it. <laughs> my blanket food. Is that your blanket or my blanket? Okay. I wish it was yours. Something horrible. I just said it. Is happening to me. Well, I say it better. Something horrible is happening to me on the Pokemon Go right now. study. <laughs> Whoa! Hiney, hole. Pokemon Go was a fun game. I mean, it used to be. Still play, you know they're releasing all the new gens. It's pretty cool. You can trade people now. You know, shut your fucking mouth. Pokemon Go is a fun game. When you don't live in an area devastated by industrial contamination and toxic waste, Pokemon Go is a fun game. When the Pokestops aren't at local landmarks steeped in mercury and lead. We in China? <laughs> I don't know. Pokemon Go is a fun game when innocent gamers don't congregate in areas where the grass no longer grows because of carbon, tetrachloride, and dioxin, and uh, radon nucleides in the soil. When Fallout meets Pokemon <laughs> Go, war never changes. Give me your best ghoul. Yeah, give us the ghoul. You give such a good ghoul. I saw a Pikachu over there, but I couldn't get it. Maybe you got an Ultra Ball. Oh, can we trade? I don't have. I don't have a mood to. Lead sack. For the kid, for the kids in the city, and even for the adults in the city, Pokemon Go should be the kind of game to help them through the hell of their day-to-day -day lives. It should be a distraction from the um, omnipresent horror of living in a place that's no longer on anyone's map. A place that the outside world thinks is better off forgotten. If only playing it wasn't killing them. At the community hospital where I work, we've had a substantial increase in the number of patients displaying some effect of being poisoned, skin deterioration, pregnancy complications, respiratory distress, etc. All consistent with the various environmental pollutants in different parts of the town. Nearly all of those admitted have been Pokemon Go players. Even the pregnant mothers. Look at them. I just, you know, ever since I've been carrying Thomas, I just haven't been able to get out much. So I try to go in the, I try to catch the Jigglypuffs. Did you catch a Jigglypuff? I didn't. And it killed your kid. <laughs> Huh. I bet Thomas. you would. I bet you would have had a Max. If you would have been carrying a Max Revive, he would have been all oh, set. Oh, oh, you're <laughs> right, though. Uh, our city council had a meeting with officials from the police and fire departments, hoping uh, to figure out a way to keep those dangerous locations off limits to visitors. Lots of ideas were floated, but they all got shot down. The city has no money to erect barriers or police the areas. There's simply far too many of them. Well, if they build that fucking wall, make Mexico <laughs> maybe, pay for maybe it. we wouldn't have as many Pokemexicans. I It's those Ludicarios, Shit. the fucking worst. God 
them fucking, or what are they, Ludicolos? Ludicolos. The ones with the sombreros, okay? They're fucking awful. They are awful. Mexico. It's <laughs> a good joke. Yeah, uh, right? Because they are a joke. Just uh, yell so- the country at some <clears throat> Mexico! It's like, it's like as funny as our Jack Nicholson impersonations. <laughs> hey! You want to hear my uh, you want to hear my Jack Nicholson impersonation? Yeah. Wait, Tenron, I'm gonna need you. Jack Nicholson. Hi, I'm Jack Nicholson. Nice to meet you. Hey, hey, I'm Jack Nicholson. Now, now, hey. now, Tenron. Hey. What, what would Jack Nicholson I'm sound Jack like as Nicholson. a as a ghoul? <laughs> he would sound like that. He would sound like that. <laughs> he kind oh, of is a cool. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> hey, <laughs> go what, back to wait, sleep. What would Barbara Streisand sound as a ghoul? Um, <laughs> wow, that's stuff. Uh, something oh. very like. Oh, wait. <laughs> how, how does she sing? I mean. No, don't bring around a clout to ring on my parade. <laughs> that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Oh, uh, thanks, guys. <laughs> Signs started to go up. That was the one thing everyone on the council could agree on. The signs explicitly mentioned Pokemon Go and featured the frightening biohazard and radiation warning symbols. Now, the funny thing about this is people have died playing Pokemon Go. Yes. No matter when the story was written, we can officially say that people have died playing this game. So it's kind of funny to make light of it <laughs> because they did have to put up signs to stop people from like walking into people's yards and shit or or down terrible trails you know it's immoral to make light of people dying but we do it anyway do you think anyway, they, let's do you think they, do you think they buried their kids with their poker watches on so that they could always <laughs> probably they died doing what they love yeah right so like, why take it off um it, do their, do their graves say they're gym masters? No. Don't be gay. <laughs> well, it's like, better. Well, it's like it, well, it's you. like if you're if you're a prostitute with That's a nouveau so ring. Fast, so if if a hooker dies with a nouveau ring, and do you take it out? Because it was her, you know, she's what she loved to do, right? I got a blue eyes, white dragon. <laughs> I got in Zodia's left hand. It's his dominant no! hand. It's the one he touches himself with. I'll play my blue eyes white dragon. <laughs> Two down. <laughs> Kaiba Yugi. boy. Yugi. <laughs> what's, yeah, what's this? No, oh, fuck this story. No one was deterred. <laughs> the poisonings continued. Po- I feel like we they just. They got poison effect. They did. It's a status. Goddamn Koga. <laughs> that means every turn they will get 10 damage. Oof. And uh, they'll lose six points. I like this next sentence. I never played Pokemon in my life. I didn't know anything about it. Noob. Uninstall. Kill yourself. As more and more people started to show up at the hospital, though, I got the impression I should get the, at least a basic grasp on what everyone was so obsessed with. So when I got home, I downloaded the app. Right away, three of them showed up in my living room. I tapped a turtle-looking one and threw a ball at it. It was mine. It was mine. <laughs> My precious. <clears throat> pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. Pretty, 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 pretty cool. Simple mechanics. There was a radar thing on the one bottom right and three paw prints under silhouettes of other Pokemon I hadn't seen yet. I didn't have any idea where the things were in relation to me and it seemed stupid that the radar was so worthless, but as I walked around I eventually would run into one, not one on the radar mind you, but still one I hadn't seen before. I started to understand why people enjoyed the game so much. I found myself wishing the residential areas had more Pokemon to catch. When I zoomed in my map all the way out in the distance, I could see those spinning blue towers, many of which were shooting out pink confetti. From what I read online, that's where all the good Pokemon were. It's also where all the industrial contamination was. When I got to work the next day, I was shocked to find one of those blue towers in the hospital. When I clicked it, the little blurb said it was the children's wing. I never go on that side of the building, but I figured, what the hell, and walked over. 
Once I was in range, I spun the wheel and all this stuff popped out. <laughs> balls. Balls. Potions. Balls. Balls. Dicks. Balls. Balls. Come. Balls. Daddy always gets a taste. Balls. Potions and even an egg. <laughs> and it said 10 kilometers on it. I threw the thing in my incubator knowing it'd probably hatch at some point on my shift. I do tons of walking. I'm sorry, I'm fucking yawning. You got <laughs> Tenron, what are you doing? He's playing Pokemon Go! What have you done, my antic? What have you done? Take my money! Give me the fucking fast incubators! I... I spent... $60. I probably collectively spent around 200 in my entire, like, living of this game. Yeah. That yeah, I'm a piece of shit. Halfway through my day of walking up and down the, the labyrinthine halls, I checked my phone. Less than 0.4 kilometers. God damn it! A familiar alarm sounded and I rushed to the ER. Before I saw what had happened, I could smell it. A group of teenagers covered in axe body spray oh, fuck. <laughs> jumped the fence of the old battery factory. Apparently there are three Pokestops on the inside, two of which are overlapping, and the third though, it's inaccessible unless you go through the basement. The spot is where a memorial for the company founder and is located in the viewing area above the group of vats. As the factory deteriorated, the catwalk leading to the memorial had fallen. To reach the Pokestop, the kids had to traverse the profoundly toxic basement. They reached the Pokestop without incident, but then one of them saw something called a Lapras on his radar. <coughs> Lapras. I'd like to slap her ass, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> you know you can ride her, right? One kid... One kid, David, headed in one direction, while his friends went in others. Whoever found the Lapras was going to yell, and his friends would come and catch it for themselves. It was David who found the Lapras, but it was also David who, in the process of yelling and gesturing to his friends, slipped. When David slipped, he crashed into an unlabeled, rusty container. His friends saw the whole thing. The container filled with content that had corroded over the years burst from the waist down. David was completely covered with a viscous, caustic combination of concentrated acids and various unknown industrial toxins. The friends received severe burns on their hands and arms when they hauled David out of the building and into the car. After they pulled up the car to the ER doors, a very kind but very dumb Samaritan who had been nearby rushed to help. He had made the mistake of grabbing David by his foot and ankle. He degloved. David's leg all the way to his crotch. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, boy. That's skin and everything, man. That's, that's leaving only he, muscle. He degloved David. Uh -huh. That's Ooh. leaving muscle, man. I wonder if his penis was intact. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> the sloth skin splashed onto the pavement as the Samaritan screamed in horror. And then the pain as steam began to rise from his own wounds. Uh, long, terrible, short story. Surgeons had to amputate everything below David. Jesus Christ. Jesus H. Fuck. He ain't got no dick, man. Everything below David's rib cage. The rest of his skin was damaged beyond repair, leaving him yeah. covered with otherworldly patchwork of hard gray burns. His friends, as well as the dumb Samaritan, lost their hands. Two of the ER rooms needed to be closed for 48 hours so they could be decontaminated. Of all the Pokemon Go incidents we had in a short time following its release, it was the worst. One might think the accident would deter other people from going into the industrial zones. Quite the contrary. Once people learned they could catch a Lapras near the factory, despite warnings and promises to arrest trespassers, trainers swarmed. They knew no one would be there to arrest them. Cops had better things to do. Two days later, we had a handful of patients with burned lungs, a few with debilitating fatigue, and two pregnancy complications, both of which ended in miscarriages. The remains of the fetuses were indescribably deformed. How such deformities could occur in such a short period of time was beyond anyone's guess. 
I needed to take my mind off of everything I'd seen, so I did what I do. I played Pokemon Go. I used the Pokemon stop at the hospital frequently. Whenever I had a spare moment, I'd go into the parking lot. I'd catch Pidgeys and Rattatatas. I yearned for the bigger, better Pokemon that I knew could be obtained from the old factories. I even drove up to the fence outside once and saw something huge on my radar, but I was too afraid for my own safety to get out and investigate. In a brief period, I was sitting in my car out front. I watched six people hop the fence and run to the factory. I admit, I felt a little jealous. <laughs> I forced myself to get over it. Last night started like all the other nights since the game had been released, but turned into a tragedy felt hospital-wide. Lanisha Davis, who'd undergone successful fertility treatments a few months prior, was expecting sex tuplets. Man, that vagina is going to be ruined for life. Ain't no amount of stitching is going to fix that shit. They're just going to start fucking strolling out after the third one. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, Hello, my ragtime girl. Hello, my ragtime gal. (laughs) I'm Jack Nicholson. (laughs) We're all ghoul Jack Nicholson. (laughs) Here's ghoul Johnny. Yeah. You could probably put your head in it, too. It actually comes out in... Takes you to another time, another space. You actually just... It takes you to... The Twilight Zone. You want Scary Dorn. You want Scary Dorn. That was good. See, but my Scary Door is... They have now entered the Scary Door. Where I tried to... Time in another place in another dimension. Twilight Zone. Rod's early. A first for our hospital. A f- sex tablets. A first for our hospital. She was in excellent health and only a month away from her due date. She'd never played a second of Pokemon Go in her life, but her husband and son had. Lanisha never knew they had frequented an abandoned factory that once made her herbicides. Over the few days they had gone and come back, Lanisha was walking barefoot on the toxins they attracted to the house. I just got a quick question. If you have six kids inside of you, where the fuck are you fitting them all? <sighs> it's just a big belly. Like, Jesus Christ! I mean, yeah. It's happened. I think someone... Isn't the most one woman has given birth like eight kids at one time? The is, octomom. Isn't... Yeah, I think that's a thing. Well, she does porn now, so she's okay. No way. Yeah. But can you just imagine? I'd be, like, tired all the time. I'd be, like, a brood mother. Yeah, no shit. Like, just, like, fucking, like, crying and screaming for food. Just yeah. laying around the house. <laughs> Give me pickles and peanut butter. That's kind of what you do already. <laughs> Fuck, what is my life? Uh, the pain and bleeding that caused her to come into the hospital ended the same way it had for the other pregnant woman exposed to the toxins. The deformities of her oh, miscarried no. sex tuplets were hideous. Their complexions were albino, and their limbs were gone. All that remained were round, hard blobs containing lidless, glaring eyes and fully toothed, gaping mouths. Anisha had to be sedated. She wouldn't stop screaming. Why would you fucking show her the kid? Yeah, she should have been knocked out the entire time. <clears throat> That's insane. I don't. I can't imagine someone giving. They kind of looked like little weedles, then, didn't they? Yeah. Little old slug kids. If you have six kids, you definitely need the fucking drugs. There's no way you should be giving natural birth. Like, the, oh my god. Wow. The image of the sex tablet stuck with me. I was scheduled for an overnight shift. And there was a free bunk where I could have slept. But that was uh, out of the question. I wandered the halls aimlessly, watching for Pokemon, and gathering supplies whenever I passed the Pokestop. Around three this morning, I saw a shape on my radar. It was a big one, and I think it was nearby. Two other smaller ones were also showing up. I speed walked in all directions until I finally saw them appear on my map. I felt pretty lucky to have them all come at once. Seven balls later, I had captured all three. A horsey, a kakuna, and the big one was an execute. 
looked around. I walked without paying attention to my location in the hospital. When I realized where I had gone, I shuddered. It was where abnormal specimens were dissected and tested. Dr. Ahad was working on one of the deformed miscarriages from the day before to his side, about to go to the refrigeration unit. It was a large biohazard bag containing Lanisha's sextuplets. Sorrow suffered. Sorrow suffused through me as the scenario played out again in my head. As I started, I, a feeling I can't explain pricked the hair on the back of my neck. My phone vibrated in my pocket. There was a Pokemon nearby. Dun 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 dun. I checked my radar. Dun 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 It was a silhouette of a big round thing with two arms. I remember seeing that online when I was learning about the game. A Geodude. I did my best to shake off my misery as I trawled the halls until the Geodude showed up. I caught. I had herpes. <laughs> yeah. Are you talking about herpes? Yeah. Oh. And gonorrhea. Yeah, Pokemon Go. And the media. Ten runs doing calisthenics. Continue. <clears throat> How are those calisthenics going? I'm stretching out. My body hurts. <laughs> Is it the couch? No work. Did that pillow give you a mean time? No. Plus, it's no, no November, so I, oh. <laughs> I can't hump your pillow tonight. Okay. Sorry. All right. All right. Yeah, it's all right. You're the one who didn't want to record very long. I know, and look what's happening. Everything is a fucking mess. <laughs> Just like my life. And I've been quiet. <laughs> uh, I caught it! <laughs> I caught it. Herpes. And had a little moment of excitement. This would be a good name for a Chia dude. Yeah, I agree. Um, I would also call him Kidney Stone. Golem kind of is like a big old Kidney Stone, eh? Yeah. But anyway, whatever it was, I caught it. Had a little moment of excitement from adding another entry to my Pokedex. Then I returned to my weariness and sorrow. I checked where I was. I was right in front of David's room. He was on a ventilator, and he was covered in bandages. Fluid kept seeping through his gray cracked skin. Ugh, bitch needs shea butter. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that'll that'll help. A nurse was getting ready to change his gauze. I felt such sympathy for the kid. My eyes blurred with tears. While my eyes welled up, I stared at the shape of David on the bed, gray, with a round, hipless torso (laughs) and two long arms. My breath caught in my throat. Before I knew it, I was running back to where Dr. Ahad had been working. The room was dark. He'd gone home for the night. I scanned my keycard. No. Six tuplets. Execute. Execute. I scanned my keycard and let myself in. I opened the refrigeration units and removed the two bags of the miscarriages from the days before. One was shaped like a seahorse. Another looked like a cocoon. I thought back to the three I'd caught right outside this room. My hand shook as I opened the large cold box housing the remains of Lanisha's sex tuplets. The inside of the bag was coated with a grayish red slime and I couldn't see the contents. I put on gloves and made the sign of the cross as tears ran down my face. I took out each horrifically deformed fetus and arranged them on sample trays. My weeping turned to wrecking sobs as I examined their features. Pink, limbless, wide-eyed, egg-shaped, six in a row. (laughs) Uh, That's pretty nuts. Yeah. I liked it. That's a fun one. What'd you think? Pretty good. Is that something that you expected? No, because it wasn't really. What, like, what did you expect? It wasn't really like a was... horror. It was almost kind of like it was just eerie that the three things that had happened they looked like Pokemon. And the question then leads you to two scenarios: is something supernatural going on that makes you believe 
that something in that area is forcing the deformities of mankind to have abortions shaped like the thing that they are destroying that area with. Or is this person is it doing just it all? A, just a coincidence. Is it just? Are you the type of person who believes in coincidences? Sometimes. Or do you just think that uh, people just get lucky? Well, I think it's really fucking weird considering that... Do you think that, that there's something more here? A higher power? No. Not at all. But I think that this is a very weird place where you can walk to the north, get poisoned, the south, get burned, the right, have birth defects, the left, get, like, fucking tit- tits frozen off. And aren't all of those things featured in Pokemon? Oh my god... Oh my god! Oh god! Oh my god! I, the next time, the next time I go to the Gog, I'm gonna have to pray for these poor souls. Can I just This is like real life Pokemon. Oh my god! Oh my god, this poor nurse was doing all of her mitzvahs and it just went right out the window! Oh, let's read a fun story. Oh, this sounds like fun. I'll read this. It's the same people. Can I read the first sentence? Shut the fuck up, alright? Sit the fuck down. Alright, come here. The story is called Something Horrible is Happening to Me on MySpace. (coughs) Unsettling stories. (coughs) Can you read it like... Here's the first sentence brought to you by Tenranotron. I'd completely forgot about MySpace. You're still not going to be, like, featured on the episode, like, as a reader, but I appreciate that. Well, there's a minimum word count, so I have to sure. read a certain amount of words. You'd have to read a story. Oh. Oh. I got a story. So, here's, here, I said something really funny on an earlier episode, or, or at least maybe I just said it out of, I don't know, my life is a blur. I don't know if we're recording or not. I said that I miss MySpace because they had a thing that showed top friends and you could remind people of your priority to them in your own life and it was like a physically stated thing. And uh, it kind of determined who talked to you and who you talked to. It was a very powerful tool for social networking. If I wasn't in your top friends, you know, we might not have been great buddies, you know? I never had MySpace. Oh, well. I did. I used to have a Zanga, too. Tom has forsaken you. You know what? I I also had a Zanga. Right. And I fucking loved it. And I can't access it anymore. I don't have access to my AOL or AIM. Shit. So I can't get my Zanga. That's really upsetting. But at one point, I I found it, and I was like, let me log in. And it it wouldn't let me. I wanted to relive my Zanga days. I wanted to cringe at my past self. Just for a moment. It's it's really fun. It's really fun to do. Like a sexy cringe? No, 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 no. Like a bad cringe. Like, I can't believe I fucking did that. I can't believe I wrote that and posted that for people to read. I wanted to do that. I don't remember shit from when I was younger. I really don't. I remember select things, but I think Zanga is one of those things that <laughs> I got rid of over the past 10 years. So now I, you know, I don't even remember what I talked about. I know I talked a lot. <laughs> I commented on multiple people's threads. I updated many people's pages. I did a lot of fucking shit for Zanga. Zanga. Zenga, got a finger <laughs> with uh, the thunder, and I like to eat Pringers. <laughs> I Pringers. completely forgot about MySpace. Please continue. I completely forgot. I had completely yeah, forgotten about MySpace. Like I'd forgotten it even existed. Never mind the fact. <coughs> Never mind the fact. I used it like a fiend at the peak of its popularity, and I had countless photos and messages and connections still there, frozen in time, so anyone can see what a disaster I was in my early 20s. And I feel this way about my MySpace, too. I was, what, 16? 14? Oh, what a fucking mess to have access to that shit now. Oh, I'd be... If that wasn't deleted, I'd find a way to make it. Deleted. 
A couple weeks ago, I got an email warning me about some major hack that resulted in tons and tons of accounts being compromised. A compromise so severe that for some people, every shred, every bit, every datum of their personal information could have been stolen. And then I remembered MySpace. My early 20s were a bad time for me. I was dealing with a number of undiagnosed mental illnesses. Still back then, I never thought anything was wrong with me at all. I just figured that's how I was. I was a sad person. I was a volatile person. Not once did it cross my mind I had legitimate problems for which potential solutions existed. Instead, for years I bathed in static and lassitude interrupted by bursts of rage and terror. One thing I was acutely aware of was how miserable I felt. Unfortunately, I had no positive outlet for that feeling. My creativity was non-existent. I couldn't write my way out of a bad mood or compose music to take the edge off my self-directed anger. Instead, when things were at their worst, I sought simple, hedonistic escapes. Sometimes it was an innocent and as selfish as overeating or staring at porn. But when MySpace came around and a vast social network of people came into view, my methods of escape changed. A total non-secret but still unpleasant thing to discuss in polite company is how social networks magnificently facilitate the meetings of damaged people seeking others to help damage them even more. Wow. It's kinda true, though. Yeah. Within a week of figuring out and forming a rudimentary network on MySpace, I'd started looking for kindred spiritless. Before I could find one, one found me, Bethany. Bethany was unwell. Like me, she was a cutter. Unlike me, Bethany cut her face and her neck. Her skin bore a lattice of old scars and fresh wounds sprinkled with middle-aged scabs. Her frame was slight and fragile. All her photos were taken from angles to maximize her bones. Whether cheek, collar, or hip, her message was simple. Can we meet up and talk? Her profile. <laughs> she reminds me of Helena Bottom Carter's character in Fight Club. I was gonna say how her character looks in many things. <laughs> yeah. Her profile said she lived in a town 20 miles away. I had a car. She didn't. I drove over that night not knowing what to expect other than probable sex and likely sobbing. I was right about the former, but not about the latter. Bethany was the flattest, most unaffected person I'd ever encountered. The sex itself was brisk and clinical, an emotionless pursuit of mutual involuntary muscle contractions, nothing more. Afterwards we talked. Bethany was the product of two decades of ceaseless hideous abuse. It began with her stepfather when she was a toddler and continued across multiple relationships before culminating in a suicide attempt and a six month hospitalization two years before we met. In the space of those post-hospital years, Bethany dedicated herself to the gradual process of self-destruction. Thanks for the help! she told me. It took a lot to surprise me back then, but the matter-of-fact declarations of Bethany's professed desire for a slow, torturous death took me aback. I stared at the fresh slices right below her hairline that she'd made during her trip to the bathroom after sex, a feeling I could only describe as intense respect and admiration filled me. I produced my pocket knife, opened it, and while Bethany watched, I carved a thin, deep line into the flesh above my right eyebrow. That cut wept and trickled into a lazy rivulet down the side of my face. For the first time since I'd met her, a tiny smile lifted the edges of the scabs around Bethany's lips. She leaned forward, and with the gentleness I can only describe as angelic, swept her searing tongue from the base of my neck and into my drooling wound above my eye. Right when the sharp sting hit me, she moved down and slipped her blood bit tongue into my mouth. This makes me uncomfortable. I'd still hit it. And that was the first time I met Bethany. She came out a little strong, but I mean... I don't know. <laughs> at least we her first, but then... We you know. grew close over the following weeks. When we weren't together, we were chatting on MySpace. She introduced me to a concept of physical intimacy I'd never even considered. 
let alone desired, but after our first night together was all I wanted to think about, it was all I wanted to talk about, and Bethany for her part was delightful to indulge me. Anyone reading our chats out of contest would think that we'd encountered a corrupt file containing meshed conversations between teen romance enthusiasts, gynecologists, and butchers. By necessity, our physical interactions, while intensely sadomasochistic, were tamer than that which we'd chat about. Months flew while we ratcheted up the intensity of our online discussions and did our best to follow our talk with action in the bedroom, but as time passed, we realized we hit a wall. Oh my god, he's gonna fucking kill her while they're fucking- uh, I bet. Neither of us were willing to do severe, lasting damage to each other. We'd cut, we'd burn, we'd bite, we'd dilate, but nothing permanent. Nothing debilitating. And that began to weigh on our relationship. Following a night of spilled and leaked fluids and burned, bruised, erogenous zones, Bethany told me what I'd both expected and dreaded. She needed more, I nodded and left. Five days went by without either of us talking. I'd given up hope and had slipped into the familiar benthic depths of abject loneliness. No, not November. The prospect of suicide was a bright, hopeful beacon of relief. On the sixth day, Bethany messaged me, please come over one last time. I was at her doorstep 15 minutes later. When she let me in, I saw why she'd invited me. A dissonant sensual of arousal, fear, and nausea caused my knees to weaken, and I sank heavily onto her bed. The night we met when Bethany was telling me about the abuse she endured over the course of her life, she mentioned how her mother left her stepfather when Bethany was 16 and she hadn't seen him since. Her mother said he still lived in the same county, but fell headlong into his dread and alcohol addiction following the divorce. And now, back at Bethany's apartment, I discovered Bethany had lured him there. He was emaciated and obviously quite sick. While I was surprised Bethany had been able to overpower him and bind his arms and legs, the smell of alcohol on the man made me think he didn't put up a fight. He probably didn't even know where he was. You know, Bethany said, looking into my eyes, we don't have any pictures of us together on our MySpace accounts. Everyone else in a relationship does. We should, too. My heart soared. She, she still wanted to be in a relationship with me. And that's the first thing she thinks about. You think about drunk, stepped out on the floor. She's like probably covered in blood, tits out. Like, let's, let's take let's a picture. I'm on my bed. Wow, I'm gonna fuck this chick. As the man on the floor groaned and drooled around the sock in his mouth, Bethany sat on my lap in her computer chair and we posed in front of her webcam. We snapped photo after photo, losing our clothing and inhibitions with each shot. My knife split her lower lip and she bit through mine. Ow. Right. I could, like, feel it. We kissed with a passion I never knew could be possible, pausing every minute or so to take more pictures. I know they'd be removed from public view by MySpace, but I didn't care. We'd still be able to see them privately. We were the only ones who mattered. We stopped, our chests heaving, as we worked to catch our breaths, and Bethany started to caption the pictures. I looked at the man on the floor, Bethany sensing that my attention had shifted, stopped captioning, and followed my gaze. We both stared at the writhing, wretched, molester, and abuser. No one will miss him. No one will look. Bethany's voice melted in my ear like warm tallow. My mind raced through all the online conversations we'd had with one another. Fantasies that spliced bedrooms and abattoirs, speculums and chisels, sex organs, and awful. Oh! <laughs> the raw savagery of my self-loathing coupled with an intense sense of duty to Bethany. Oh! Oh! I wanted to show her how much she meant to me! I dragged the man in the bathtub and opened him while Bethany Ooh, watched. I unpacked and unfolded his that asshole. which he contained, feeling the weight and texture of each bit before passing it to Bethany for inspection. Here you go. Oh, this nice ass. She considered every piece. With her hands and eyes, the knife traveling over it in all intricate discerning swirls. The mood was broken only once when the man had a moment of lucidity. He was able to free one hand and tried to pull his parts back inside. No, put that back. It's like operation. He's like, trying, he's like trying to put... 
I borrowed the knife from Bethany. A moment later, the stepfather never, would never try to grab anything again. Hours passed in Bethany, and I reshaped the abuser into a form that which no longer recognizable. No longer threatening. When the last portion was excised, we made quiet live. Live among the debris. Oof. Our act was shrouded in peaceful silence, broken only by gentle sighs, and the stinky coupling sounded like macaroni and cheese, and a decoupling of our crimson-kissed bodies. Bodies, 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 bodies. I'd never experienced such closeness. When it was over, we drifted into a peaceful slip. We did read a couple stories about people fucking in graveyards and shit before, so, like, this really isn't any new area for you. Yeah, I mean, they're fucking on top of the dead bodies, you know? Bodies, bodies. (laughs) Once we woke up, we did what we had to do. Following the ten hours it took to clean, remove, and bury the parts where they would never be found, Bethany kissed me goodbye and I returned home. That night was the peak of our relationship. We attempted to rekindle the passion through our usual explicit online conversations recalling moments of that night in detail, which before experiencing the reality of it would have been more than enough to provoke our mutual desire. The provocation didn't come. The desire remained unavailable. After another month, we'd stopped talking entirely. I attempted to contact Bethany a few times later this year, but when she didn't reply, I did a Google search for her name. And there was a short news article saying that she'd been found dead in her apartment a couple months after we'd last spoken. It was ruled a suicide. And when I found out, I was less devastated than I would have been if it were closer to that night but I'd sunk into a crippling depression since then. I was on autopilot. If I wasn't cutting, I was sleeping around. If I wasn't sleeping around, I was fantasizing about my own death. And there was one more thing, something entirely different. While I wasn't devastated about Bethany's death, I was still affected. That one more thing was the burgeoning prospect that my life could change for the better if I sought help. I didn't think I deserved it, and I didn't think it could ever work. Still, I knew I'd never have the courage to give myself the death I so desperately desired. So on a whim, I checked myself into a hospital and said I was a threat to myself. And it was funny, because as I said that, I realized it was the first time in as long as I could remember that I actually wasn't. It's been 10 years since Bethany. My life is entirely different thanks to the medication and regular therapy. I'm married. And I have a young daughter whom I love more than anything. My scars have faded and my hope for death has been replaced with excitement for the future. And then a couple weeks ago I got the email about my MySpace account being hacked. Why am I writing all of this? Because two days later I got an email from some Croatian domain I'd never seen before. It was in broken English, but what it said was clear. It contained my full name, my current address, and the names of my wife and child. It also had the pictures of me and Bethany, along with the snippets of the conversations we'd had together. And at one point, in those conversations towards the very end of our relationship, Bethany specifically said we should go back to Sunflower Point to see what the worms have done to Henry. Whoever sent the email had a picture of Sunflower Point. But why am I really writing all of this? I don't expect sympathy. Why would anyone feel sympathy for me, a person who brutally killed a helpless man and has gotten away with it for so long? Because whoever sent that email has a demand if they're going to stay quiet, and it's not money. As payment for their silence, they want that sexy thing all the customers are dying to taste. Attached right below the demand is a picture of my three-year-old daughter! Dun, dun, dun! Oh, shit! I bet she's got a sweet little pussy. I bet she shakes that tiny little pussy. For all the boys. What's your... So, do you think... Who, who, what, I think who do you think or what do you think happened to uh, Jean-Benet Ramsey. 
Well, who's that? The little kid that went missing in the uh, 80s, and it was presumed to either be family or government-related. Why would it have been government-related? People argue that there's a secret sect of the government that specifically deals with child abduction for political power. It's not the first time this type of conspiracy has come up before, but apparently someone wanted the Ramsey's daughter. I'm going to say it was the parents. Yeah, I think one of them probably fucked up and killed her somehow. The A lot of people would argue it's the mother because she was, like, jealous and, you know, always really angry. The dad wasn't really... He was too rich and too preoccupied to really deal with her. And Yeah. There was a brother who at one point had hurt her in her life but wasn't really, like, around, I mm-hmm. suppose. Yeah, and it's just a really fucked situation. So anyway... Um, the ending kind of ruined the entire story. I was hoping it would end with them saying, uh, oh, but I suppose that's kind of funny, isn't it? That, that the story ends with someone worse than him. Yeah. Trying to get something terrible out of him. It's kind of fun. I I liked both of the stories. They were, they were fun. What did you think, Frowns? Yeah, they were really fucking good. Tenron, you're sleeping. God damn it. Don't wake him up. We put him, we put him to sleep. He's going to whip out his penis. So this was Lutz Pasta episode 112. I was here with frowns. Uh, I, I don't know when you're going to be on next, but I think it's going to be at some point in 2019. So I'll see you on the other side. See you on the other side. Side. And if you're vegetarian, we're giving you the singing pasta Cause we put in on the singing pasta Sex and pasta and fucking bitch and slut and whore and dicks, dicks, dicks Two to the one, one to the three I like the pussy and I like the tree Smoke so much weed, you wouldn't believe And I get more ass than a toilet seat Three to the one, one to the three I met a bad bitch last night in the deep